How's it going, everybody? This is a very strange episode, and this might be a very strange recording because my computer's acting funny, and so I have to record this on my phone. But this episode was actually recorded about a month ago, and as you'll see later in the episode, I actually added a disclaimer there, too. The episode quickly aged poorly um, for reasons you'll see. Um, yeah, but I thought, I think it's an important episode to release regardless. Um, some of the things we said, like I said, about 12 hours afterward, aged a little poorly, but if we made any dated references from a month ago, whatever, this explains why. I hope you'll understand. I figured I could either scrap this episode or edit it and pretend we never said some of the things we did about, um, it, it turns out to be DeMarcus Cousins later in the episode. But I still think it's an important episode. I think the discussions we have are very important, even if the subject we use in one of them aged terribly. So I hope you'll all understand this and enjoy the episode regardless. Just a warning up front. I think I say it at the beginning of the episode, too. But we do talk about some uneasy things throughout the episode. So if those sort of things bother you, you might want to skip this one. I won't take offense to it. I understand this isn't an easy subject and i appreciate all of you and we'll be back to the normal format next week thank you bye hello and welcome to the sacktown royalty show this is probably where i'd usually put a dumb joke about the band or something but honestly today we're talking about something that doesn't deserve a lot of joking with the whole situation going on with the Kings. And to talk about it, I'm joined by TJ Macias. How's it going, TJ? Hey, Brad. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. I'm, oh, no problem. Um, TJ and I had a more fun plan in the works that we'll do in the future, but it honestly seemed kind of gross to just ignore the cloud hanging over the team with the Luke Walton situation. I haven't talked about it much on here. We've written about it some on Sacktown Royalty, but we do a pretty lighthearted podcast most of the time, and it just seemed wrong to just either talk about it and then move on to something lighthearted or not talk about it at all. So I knew I had to talk about it, so I thought we should just do a whole episode on it. I guess I should warn, we're probably going to talk about things that aren't fun to talk about, that aren't fun to hear about, all that. So if you aren't comfortable listening to that, this is a warning right away that some stuff might come up, some language might come up that bothers you. But I thank TJ for joining me on this. She's been in NBA locker rooms. She covered the Maverick situation last year. I don't know the transition. What's the, what are your thoughts on this as of this moment? Do we want to know what I feel about the conclusion of it or what I felt when it first dropped back in April? Well, why don't you, upon yeah. first hearing about it when she came forward. Why don't you just start with April and just tell us where your mind's at with this whole thing. When uh, Luke Walton was announced, I mean, all, all of us were kind of in shock there, um, or a little bit of shock, uh, as head coach. And so for this to happen shortly afterwards, for the allegations to drop on him shortly afterward, it was it was startling. But... Unfortunately, it's almost like I've grown numb to it going through the entire Maverick situation. Uh, the first one that happened last year and then when the allegations were brought up against Porzingis um, later on, 
when this happened, it, it was a numbing experience to hear about it. It was something I didn't, I was flabbergasted about hearing, but almost as a woman having to cover this, something like this already for a different team. And now when it happens with the team I grew up in love with, it, it, it just, it was very odd. And so hearing about this, the explicit detail that she went into when she did her press conference, it, it, it put me on her side. And just to hear, to hear her herself go into all the detail that she did and the horrificness that happened, that she said that happened, it, I was just stunned. And it, it's, any woman who has ever gone through anything like that will tell you that it's, oh, I'm trying to find the right words here. It, it, it's just any, any woman will tell you that it's believable, especially with the way this was put. And when I heard that they were launching the investigation, I was, um, you know, I was bittersweet about it because I, we obviously know how a lot of the investigations in the NBA, how things like this unfold. So it wasn't shocking to me when the result came in last week that they said that there was not enough evidence to convict him of anything. So it's, it's just been an emotional roller coaster ride uh, these past few months, especially when, you know, for someone covering the and NBA. It's, it's one of those things I should, should say early i probably should have said at the beginning I, we're going to give some opinions on things we're, we're going to try to stay in a certain lane here but we, we're going to talk about things that obviously aren't easy talking about but and this is a king's problem which is why i think we have to talk about it but it's a king's problem that's just an example of a much bigger problem as you the team you cover and now the team you cheer for both have had issues other teams have had this issue i think one of the places we fail in the way we they're presented is in the way we cover them we i don't really cover it the nba outside of sackdown royalty but the way media fans all of us together the nba itself sports fans whatever the way that we talk about these things it, it's almost like it's this inconvenience in the background that we only need to talk about in certain things yes. but that's where the problem is when we can't talk about them and it, it it almost seems like it's been made worse with social media being as popular as it is, and especially with NBA Twitter, when you have like contradicting voices battling each other about this certain topic, and so many people speaking up. You have both women and men speaking up about it, and it and it there's a line drawn almost between extreme fans and say women of the Me Too movement. And it becomes this massive battleground, and it's just, it's never, it, you can't win. Neither side can win, and it just becomes an all-out bloody battle that's going on in front of you right on your screen from, you know, armchair warriors who are, you know, sticking yeah, behind a keyboard. It just adds this cloud over the team. It where sucks. It's, it makes me uneasy. It makes me uneasy that the investigation found nothing, but we still have a trial that could be a year two years, whatever away, um, we have this cloud over it where whatever yeah. the outcome is, it's going to be there until it's resolved. And then it's probably still going to be there regardless of what happens with the trial. 
And I myself don't know how to handle it. I don't think the right yeah. thing is to just ignore it. But I also don't want to sit here and play judge, jury, and executioner. But at a certain point, I yeah, I have my opinions, and I don't feel right just stifling those opinions. I, I mean, that's that that it was the same way when it came with the Mavericks and everything that went down with the Mavericks. You had um, writers stepping up. There were writers that were actively trying to get the facts. And then there were writers who were, you know, voicing their opinions as facts almost when it it was complete bullshit. Um, and it's going to, it's, it's happening here. And, but the role or the role that the, the Kings are playing at this point is let's focus on basketball. That's the same role that a lot of the fans are taking as well, because and even in the language that they're using for uh, different media outlets, they're saying that he was cleared when that word, that bugs the absolute hell out of me because that yeah, word I... wasn't used in the press release that the Kings sent out. It was just that it, they they didn't find anything. It wasn't, he wasn't cleared of it. Yeah, but yet I saw so that myself. So many different media outlets are using that word. That may be very uncomfortable. And it's an independent investigation. Regardless of what they found, that's not the court of law. And regardless of what the court of law found, if you pay attention to, I don't know, our existence, you'll find that even that is a hard gauge to go by. And like I said, it's slippery slope. I don't know. I don't have the answers. I, there's, there's pros and cons to staying silent, I guess. And the screaming aloud and i don't know where my middle ground is or if i'm doing it right but just doing this episode i did not feel comfortable going out here and just doing some funny episode about i don't know sports movies or something some little gimmick episode when we have this cloud and i'm the only Sacktown royalty show podcast host i'm not the podcast i'm the host but i didn't feel right not using my platform to talk about this and i once again say yeah, it seems wrong to just talk about this team Not as though everything's okay and just ignore this. And this yeah. is going to go on throughout the season. After every win, every loss, I'm not going to be sure how to exactly talk about it because this cloud's going to linger on it. And some people might be able to just separate this. I'm not going to be able to, and it's going to bother me. It, when... It, when it happened with the Mavericks, I mean, obviously they found all the allegations and the harassment to uh, be true. And that when they conducted the formal investigation, that cloud was still over the Mavericks and still is. But it it managed to divide the fan base. You had those diehard fans who were done hearing about it. And then you have these uh, these other fans who were just you know, they, they dropped the Mavericks. I know at least three hardcore Mavericks fans who walked away from the team. They were just done. They, they, for them to cover up what they did for about 20 years, it, it was shocking. So they just walked away and, but a great majority of the fan base ignored it. It, it, what, this wasn't about basketball. This was about something completely different. This was the front office based. Um, it's still the organization that's involved in this. And it, you can't ignore it. And fans, a lot of diehard fans like to turn on their blinders to that, especially, unfortunately, when it comes to, uh, like, women's issues in this matter. 
they just they turn on their blinders. And that this goes back to this. Luke Walden is, I don't want to say a small part because this is obviously a huge deal. He is, he is one case right now of, if you just want to talk about King's adjacent people, you can talk the last few years about Luke Walton as a case going. Mateen Cleaves just had, I'll go back to that one, but the Mateen Cleaves just had a case. Mike Bibby has a case. Chris Webber had a past. It's something that affects every yep. team in the NBA, I imagine. Maybe some teams, but the way players move nope. around, I imagine every team situation like this, and every team has probably handled it poorly. There, there have been a lot of women who have stepped forward and said that, you know, in terms of the NBA dealing with sexual assault or sexual harassment, it's a very slippery slope. And uh, as a media member, personally, I've there's stuff I've dealt with, not from the team itself or players or things like that, but from other media members uh, harassing, like sliding into DMs that um, were quickly squashed by the media outlets that employed them, but it barely would ever touch the team itself, kind of. Um, and it and yeah. it takes it's really hard to speak up about something like that in a locker room setting. It's very hard because it's almost like a monopoly in sense. They, it, you're just worried that if you say something, you're going to get your credentials revoked or no one's going to believe you. It's, it's really hard. Yeah, going with that, it goes back. It's this predates social media, social media, like you said earlier, kind of amplifies it. But I always think back, this is an, I'm not going to yes. theorize on anything about this, but it goes back to the Kobe Bryant trial to me, which wasn't the first case like this, obviously. It was the first high-profile case I remember like this, where Kobe Bryant was going to and from court in the middle of the season. It might have been the playoffs. I don't remember. And I remember specific. I remember specifically, I'm 14 years old, so I remember it through a different lens than I would think of it now, but... I remember specifically their games where he played after appearing in court earlier that day. Yeah. And the narrative there, many of them coming from people who are still in the media, is this heroic one of a guy who's in court and then going to play basketball later this day. And that's so weird to me that we almost have made this whole, made situations like this part of the sport itself, where we've separated the humanity of all this so much that we're treating a rape trial as theater. And that was 16 years ago before Twitter. There was probably some obscure version of social media around, but it was in a different scape. But I always go back to that and think about that through today's lens, where you get the Derrick Rose stuff, all that, and it's treated as part of the game. It's He got, like, he got some award this year for his 50-point game, and that's treated as adversity. And I don't yeah. get it. I mean, we're seeing, we see this with, with uh, sports figures all the time. They're not treated as regular humans. I mean, look at what happened with Andrew Luck uh, the other day. He, he was booed by his own fan base yeah. because he decided to retire. They don't see him as human. They see him as either this sports god or an object that's there for their uh amusement for their entertainment factor and 
they do the same thing when it comes to athletes who are accused of of crime or of like sexual assault allegations. They don't see them as that. They see them as someone who is there specific, specifically for their entertainment purposes and that, oh, okay, this doesn't matter. They need to focus on the game tonight. They need to focus on like game two of the Western Conference Finals or something. That's what these fans are like doing. Imagine what, what Twitter would have looked like if the Kobe Bryant thing had happened now. Like imagine the Laker fan base going off on NBA Twitter. Like how yeah, would even, that even look? Even past that is it just NBA fans in general. It's um it's to this day I don't understand quite like I said, I'm not gonna go into this trial. I'll probably say too much now, but <laughs> it blows my mind that he's gotten the rehabilitation tour and continues to get the rehabilitation rehabilitation tour to this day that he's got when you know some of the details such as the apology that came out afterward and all that i'm just surprised by the continued deification you have other cases that are pretty cut and dry you have carl malone out there who if if you don't know what i'm talking about google it i'm not going to go into details on it but guys like that who there is pretty much definitive proof of their past misdeeds but they're still going to get announced on the pa when they go to a game they're gonna swing by tnt all-star weekend whatever isaiah thomas is he's been found guilty he's still gonna be on nba tv week after week of um harassment i'm he was found guilty of harassment but the league whether a guy's found innocent guilty all that it seems like their arc is always the exact same way Yeah, that's that's what's scary in in sports. If you're accused of something that heinous, you get propped up on a pedestal, regardless of which if you're good at what you do. Uh, and then if you work at, say, McDonald's and get accused of sexual assault or sexual harassment in the workplace, you're fucking fired. Yeah. But in sports, nope. And even hell, you become president of the United States. But anywhere else you get fucking hand yeah that i don't know where our morals are here it's it <laughs> it's so disturbing yeah that's why i didn't know how to talk about this i just knew we had to um going back i don't know <clears throat> if the going going to the people greg said this well i forget what the piece was called but when this first dropped greg had a very good piece on it about the sort of awkward situation as fans it puts you in and people throw out stuff like innocent until proven guilty all that when we yeah. know better in this if you've paid attention in the last few years that it goes much deeper than if someone's been found guilty or innocent or hasn't been reported or whatever whatever outliers there are it goes far deeper than that and we as fans kind of choose when to accept that when not to and I just lost the beginning of that thought, but we as fans, media, players, whatever, it's the narrative always goes to where it's convenient for us. What makes us feel better when we tune yes. into that game in October? What's going to make us feel best about ourselves? And are we are we constructing the narrative around that or are we constructing the narrative around 
what we've learned, what we know about society as a whole, what we saw from this specific case, which, which are we letting guide our opinions? It's like a majority of the people I've talked to about this. Um, a lot of them are very sane and understand that they're not, they're not completely blacking it out. You know, they understand that this is their team and this is wrong. What is happening is, is not good. And they won't, they won't turn that off. Whereas there are people who manage to do that, who just don't care. It's, it's not their reality. So it's, uh, it won't touch them. It doesn't affect them that way. All they care about is if they take home the win that night. That's it. And I've, I've dealt with fans like that on a daily basis and at least on Twitter in general, um, where I'm constantly attacked. If I say something derogatory, well, not derogatory. I'm sorry. It's not the word I want to use, but speak out against it, uh, against, especially against this specific Walton case, I get like attacked by majority. And I, I don't even think I've been attacked by a woman fan yet, but male fans, who just tell me to shut up. And I've been told that in DMs, um, in public, just shut your mouth, let it go. Are you fucking kidding me? How the hell am I supposed to let this go? But yet it was very easy for them to do it. They're like, nope, it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with the game, whatever. And it's society, we're pretty much living in an age where it's okay. Society is teaching us it's okay to do this because you can still make millions of dollars a year, you could still become president of the United States. So what the fuck are we, like, what kind of example are we setting for children of the next generation? And yeah, what I think the it's, hell? Stick to sports is <laughs> like, everyone throws it out ironically, unironically. It's just become a mantra, whatever. Ugh. And at a certain point, no, we can't stick to sports. This is stuff that affects us. We can't normalize this in a time where someone who's ignorant like me just learned of the the dangers of just saying oh that's what they're doing on their own time i can still support whoever you can say any dozens of people who have gotten brought down the last few years across sports entertainment all that at a certain point and i don't think anyone has the definitive answer we do just need to talk about it and stop worrying so much about it's, i feel like the default is always to go straight for defense of this person who we don't know i how many of us have met luke walton we don't know anything yeah. about him but if your immediate response is to eat, judge them the alleged victim or to immediately jump to his defense or to just immediately shut it off what are we accomplishing in that absolutely nothing we're 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 setting up more people that it, we're saying that it's okay for this to continue to happen and i mean the me too movement has pushed the narrative and finally women are standing up and saying something but you still have this huge majority of people who are saying these women are just now looking for an opportunity it's like no this has happened to us our entire lives and we're just finally now saying shit about it we're done and men, a, a lot of people still think it's because we're looking at opportunities here but and that's what, like, what the fuck? that's what in this situation what really made me not care is the it's saying i didn't care is the wrong way to say that because that could have bad connotations 
But what really made me like kind of indifferent to whatever they find in this was in that initial comment through his lawyer where they just immediately went to attack mode. The lawyer is the same lawyer as yep. Derek Rose's lawyer in his trial. Derek Once Rose. Once again, Google yeah. it if you don't know what that means, but same tactic. Kobe Bryant he, had a similar he, tactic. Yep. He where you just attack the victim. Immediately attack her character. Yep. It's a character attack. And when that's a that they went right for her throat when it came out. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Elaborate on this, because I think you'll know what I'm saying, but if I sound ignorant, educate me on this. But there's always the case where it could have been a misunderstanding and all that, and that's gonna come out later. I immediately am not going to think that was the case if you're immediately trying to attack her and turning everyone against her yeah what's she being an opportunist for an opportunist to be called a slut on twitter yeah an opportunist to be dragged through the media what i don't get what the opportunist part comes from she was a tv personality she by all means had a good life i don't know what they think she's gonna gain from this uh she had to actively consider that her career is done if she stands up and does this because that's what we've been presented, like, especially with the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, women who stand up for themselves get torn down. It just doesn't work out. She knew what she was going into and she still did it. She wants justice. It's not, she doesn't want money. She, yeah, you're right. She had a good life, a great career. So, you know, she, she wanted justice. And unfortunately, she knew what the consequences going into this and telling her story and she got the story, her, her side out there in detail and still nothing happened about it or nothing happened with it. And he was, uh, they didn't find the allegations or they didn't, you know, everything went against her in this sense. So no, it's a woman who stands up and decides to tell her side of the story. A majority of the time, at least seeing it now, is that she she's the one who's going to get dragged through the mud, not the person that she's accusing, especially if they're a high powered white man. <laughs> in a situation like this, in a world where we can figure it all out, there's a chance that there was a misunderstanding with him or whatever. And is that not just thrown out the window when he immediately goes into defense mode, into these character attacks we're talking about? Doesn't that completely change the narrative of the entire story? Well, usually it does in criminal cases. I mean, if you're accused of doing this and you immediately get angry and go on the defense in that kind of, uh, in that route, then yeah, it like it, it makes you, it doesn't shine a good light on you. Um, and, but she, the way she did it was, it clearly wasn't a misunderstanding and they didn't, so I don't think they could have even taken that route. There was absolutely, no way this was a misunderstanding the way she put it. So her lawyers had to take a, I mean, his lawyers had to take a different tactic and that's immediately attack. And I, I thought it looked bad, but so did I. Uh, yeah, apparently. And the fact that, you know, he went and hired Derek Rose's lawyer. I was like, oh, fuck. When that <laughs> went down, I mean, it just makes him look bad, but. Apparently not. Apparently we're outvoted in that sense. I don't even know if I want to say it. Maybe I just don't want to believe that we're outvoted so much as I. there's so much indifference to stuff like this. Um, that it just, like I said earlier, 
it really doesn't matter if you're found innocent, guilty, whatever. As long as no one's talking about it or they're talking more about the good, it's kind of, you're able to sweep it under the rug. There's cases of that where we're just kind of, we're not supposed to talk about it. What are we supposed to do? God, that, it, I, I can't remember it was a quote. I don't know if it was Thomas Pitchin or it was George Orwell or something. It was once you get them talking about the wrong thing, you've won, which you change the topic of conversation. Yeah. And once you get them all talking about something different, you've won, basically. And this is what is going to happen now. The narrative is going to completely shift. People are going to say this is done and over with. Why are we still talking about it? We're talking about it because it's going to happen again with someone else in this, yeah. in this industry. And I know there will be pe there's going to be people who don't like that I'm doing this episode. They're not going to like the things that we're saying, but I think it's an important conversation to have. It's 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 not it's inherently not fun topic to talk about, to hear, to read about whatever. It's inherently not fun, but in a way we're still representing like a certain voice and I think it's a voice that is underheard not just here in every situation like this in that it's a we're told to stick to sports when sometimes sticking to sports just isn't enough sometimes you just have to face the fact that this non-sports thing is affecting the sport exactly and it's it's our job as part of the media to speak up and say something and we technically we are sticking to sports because this happened with the sports franchise yeah. So that's the excuse I'm going to use when that's shoved in my face by some no-name bastard on Twitter. And I'm going to say, I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm just going to give my opinion. I, I have ambitions that go beyond where I am today and stuff, but one thing I'm not going to do is uh, silence my opinions on important stuff. Just uh, go further on that. I'm pretty brash sometimes. I don't know if everyone who listens can attest to this but i can be brash with my opinions on petty oh, issues and serious ones uh you've been known to share an opinion or two right a little bit yeah going back to andrew luck you were talking about the andrew luck situation that's something i got thinking in regards to luke walton and all that is we're all so quick to judge andrew luck for retiring for his health and it seems like we, a collective sports fan, we, not actually you and I, are so quick to judge guys based on sports stuff. We're so quick to judge them, their character, all that, on what they give on the field. But why are we so afraid to judge them for far more important things than if they're playing hurt or not, if they play for your rival, all that? Why is it okay to pass harsh character judgments on that, but not character matters? Uh, it's just... For some reason, fans feel that they're, especially hardcore fans, feel that they're entitled to that, that they, they have, because that these athletes get paid so much money that they have a say in what goes on. And it's like, okay, you're not paying their salary, you ballless asshole. Uh, you don't have an opinion on what they do with the rest of their life. Let's see. He does not want to get CTE. He wants to still be functioning, a functioning human being at 40 years old. Stop booing him, you shit. It, I, I don't understand. I, I really don't understand people like that. And then you have an entire older generation who called him an entitled millennial for <laughs> deciding to retire at 29. 
And then you have someone like OJ Simpson saying, um, bro, I just drafted you in my fantasy draft like two hours ago. What are you doing? Which both terrifies me for Andrew Luck and sort of also makes me laugh. It's <laughs> I, the audacity of some people to actually say this, where this man did his press conference in tears talking about this because he felt that he was letting down his teammates and this and this fan base it's like no you gotta do you bro you you have got to look out for your health and what's great is he's gonna be fine what what degree does he have from stanford um i just wrote about that like two days before he retired and i forget it's like oh, is it, what is uh, it it's like ar archaeol no uh architecture architecture <laughs> Architecture. Yeah, he's not Indiana okay, Jones. Okay, as architecture. Wait, I I think I said engineering, or yeah, engineering the other day, but it, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, you're right, it is. But he, he he's going to be perfectly fine, but the fan base are off their rockers right now. And it's like, you know what? Screw you guys. His mental health is more important than anything. And some admit it, like, they weirdly, like, in their minds, they accept that they are judging someone's worth based on their on-field stuff. And I've even said, had people say to me that they aren't worried about what's off the field. And that's crazy to me because you're fake. You're still attacking their character and all that, which is a non-sports aspect of it. And I don't know, I'm getting, I'm jumbling words and all that, but it blows my mind. And I'm probably guilty of it. I've spent my entire personality the last three years was attacking the Warriors for winning basketball games. So I, I can't say I'm above oh, this. I think we're all guilty yeah. of that one. And you know, in a certain in a certain petty sense, I think there's a line between, hey, we're just we're just talking trash about the team we don't like to the part where it gets it goes beyond that when we are actually attacking their character, which I'm still yeah. guilty of. Don't don't think I'm not guilty of that. We've all done that thing, but like if we see uh, normally if we see a player go down, like when Kevin Durant went down, and to hear some of the crowd cheer it. That was just baffling. Yeah, I could never. I mean, you watch a man get injured, and his entire career may be over, and your first, your first feeling that you get is glee. There's something wrong with you. There's there's something completely wrong with you right there. And immediately, I was watching fans get on Twitter and were were just you know happy about it. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? They're not treating or not seeing these people as human beings. It's it's almost like how it was in ancient Rome when we watched gladiators kill each other for sport. Oh, it is. That, it's, this, it's an entertainment factor. I think in many in more ways than we choose, it's our fandom is coming from a similar spot. I I don't know. Have you listened to the Donald Sterling podcast? The ESPN did the Thirty for Thirty. No, I haven't yet. Every like all you guys in are talking about it and i need to get on it and start listening but to it they're talking about donald sterling how he uh i probably didn't have to say that part when i asked about the donald sterling podcast but um, they were talking yeah. about how donald sterling, sterling bought the team and immediately he just it was clear he thought these players were commodities and everything they did yep. he didn't realize he had to like buy them socks and stuff like that and then they go on to talk about how he thinks about quote-unquote normal people tenants of his buildings and they're just things in his building that give him money and he didn't think much of them and stuff and this dehuma dehumanization that they're talking about 
yeah, he's an extreme case of an owner. Maybe not that an extreme case of an owner, but he's an extreme case in what happened. But this mindset that these aren't yeah. human beings and that these are commodities to you, you see it a lot in sports, in fantasy sports especially. Like when a player goes down and someone's immediate thought isn't, I hope they're okay. It's, oh no, my fantasy team's going to lose. There's something messed up about that. Yeah. So do you think that over the course of the years since fantasy sports have, uh, you know, become as popular as they are now, do you think that that's changed a lot of fans' mindsets when it comes to seeing players as human beings? I think it's made them... Because, I, I mean... I don't want to speak forever. I Made them think that they're objects. I don't do fantasy sports because I'm terrible at it, so I'm not doing it. I'm not avoiding it for any moral standing or anything, but... I do think it's given some people a, an owner's mindset. Like, they, in a weird way, think that by drafting um, Kawhi Leonard, he'd be a good example in fantasy basketball. In a weird way, I think that they feel like they've seized ownership of him and he owes them something. And that's weird. A certain yeah. subset. This is not, it again, is. not an attack on everyone doing fantasy sports. But there is a subset of people who do this. Yeah, I do fantasy sports. I do fantasy football. And when I first started doing it, you know, when a player would go down, my my first thought is like, oh, fuck, I'm not going to make the playoffs. And I would had to sit there and pause and go, wait a minute, an actual human being may his whole entire career may be done. And I'm sitting here worried about like a five hundred dollar pot at the end of the rainbow. So like over the course, when that started, and especially when I started uh, like working for an actual team, I started pulling back from fantasy sports because these, these are human beings. They, they do what they do. And yeah, they make a shit ton of money doing what they do, but we don't own them. They don't owe us anything. They're just good at what they do. And they happen to play for the team that we're cheering for. So like it made me feel like like shit that some of these thoughts would pop into my head and you know realistically a lot of fantasy owners like hardcore fantasy uh uh fantasy football or fantasy sport players they unfortunately that's more important than an actual human being's well-being in the sense is it it's a selfish thing but it occurs especially in fantasy sports yeah and and it sucks. I feel like there's probably a poll whose answers I don't want to know out there. Some sort of survey about like, <laughs> would you rather win your win your fantasy league or have a player have a happy life or something like that? There's probably a survey out there like that somewhere with terrible results. And it's just oh yeah. Sports, I, I talked about this with Damian Barling a few weeks ago. It there's something inherently just there's sports as a whole. It makes no sense that we watch this. We are watching strangers throw rubber into a basket and often <laughs> judging their worth based on how much they love that, if they react certain ways, all that. We're judging all this based on the dumbest set of principles imaginable. And I'm saying this, I'm stupid in this. I'm not saying some fans are stupid, some smart. It's probably an inherently stupid thing that we invest ourselves in this thing. But it has become bigger than that. And there's a reason we all enjoy it. But at a certain point, if our enjoyment is dehumanizing people, whether it's your coach, the players, all that, or dehumanizing victims of things they might do off the court, I think we need to take a look internally on what we're doing. We need to start evaluating our own morals and like just reevaluating our entire outlook on life at this point. 
when and we're again this goes bigger than sports oh yeah lottie divok king's gm said character is key when demarcus cousins got traded yeah that was right before character is key implying that demarcus cousins has less than stellar character now you can say what you want about technicals all that i will fight anyone who attacks demarcus cousins character when he is probably the single best thing to happen to the sacramento community off the court that's ever been associated with the sacramento kings all right so i felt the need to add this to this section in particular because this episode was recorded with almost comically bad timing as it was 12 hours before demarcus cousins recording to the mother of his child came out in which he threatened her violently and then allegations of past abuse came out and so we talked about this a lot we already were going to delay the episode a little bit but thought we should delay a little more just so it wasn't hot off the presses we weren't reactionary all that and so my little medical incident pushed it back further and then I didn't want to come back on this episode so I decided to push it back further but I did want to release this episode and this section in particular is very awkward and I could have gone about it two ways I could have deleted it and just pretend none of this happened or I can keep it as is I guess there's a third option where I could have edited around the parts where we say some awkward things I decided to just keep it whole because If anything, I think that this, and I believe TJ would agree with me, just kind of doubles down on our point as far as these people go. Whether they're our favorites, whether they are ones we hate, whatever, we don't really know these guys off the court. And there's an ugly side to some of them. Some of the guys we hate, there's probably a great side to all that. And I think it's important to just keep it as is. So stuff both of us say is going to age terribly. But I just want to get it out there. There's no excuse for the recording that came out. If the allegations against him are correct, there's no excuse for that. Um, it's really put a damper on a guy who I really looked up to for for the good. We talk about the good he's done in this part, but that good only goes so far. The stuff that said was true, and I don't. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to defend him. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say, let's wait it out and blah, blah, blah. This looks terrible. And as such, I was flat out wrong in some of the things I said, or apparently I was. So with that said, I think TJ's on the same page. We've talked about this many times since the recording. Um, I, I'm keeping this next step, next section in just as is. And some stuff's going to look terrible sound terrible, whatever you want to say, but I think this is the best way to go about it. I think this is an important episode. We usually keep things lighthearted, and this episode didn't warrant that, although we we kind of get some at the end, I guess, but yeah, I hope you guys understand. Again, sorry about the bad quality of this little intermission or whatever you want to call it, but this is the best way I thought I should go about this. Thank you. when like i think it was it was last year that the there was rumors it never was going to go down that the mavericks were looking at him during the off season i wrote an article on it um talking about his character 
and how he was in Sacramento and how he was given a bad rap just because he was temperamental on the court. Okay, that's fine. That's great. That's what he does. But off the court, no, do not attack him, his character whatsoever. He was amazing to Sacramento. Holy shit. I feel like I, I probably just need to do a whole love letter to Boogie episode so people can yell at me about my love for him. Oh, the comment section would be epic. Yeah, Yeah, I'm dead serious (laughs) here in that just, I think he is a good litmus test of athletes, of how we look at athletes right now, in that he... His off-the-court record, I mean, he's yelled at reporters, gotten in their faces, whatever. Who hasn't done that? But yeah, he's the... We're annoying as fuck. Yeah. He's the pinnacle of, like, someone who hasn't really had any off-the-court issues, but gets judged far more harshly than others who have. I'm not just talking allegations. I'm talking guys who have pled guilty to terrible things. All that. There's... He's a perfect example of that to me of where our priorities are in sports, where we do legitimately seem to care about what someone can do for your team right now on the court than what they're doing for good, the good of humanity off of it. And if, if that's all that matters to you, I don't, I can't tell you how to live your life, but I think that's some pretty messed up priorities. It is. That comparison is pretty eye opening and it just kind of threw me off for a second there. Cause that's, it's exactly what we're doing and what a lot of people are doing right now. And it's disturbing. It's so disturbing. Yeah. You need to do it. That'd be a great podcast for you to do. Just expressing your, like a Shakespeare sonnet to boogie. I'll have to have the basketball on for that one. Hey, we, we could talk about something more fun boogie in this episode, but going back, you know, I'm not going to stretch this episode on like we might normally do. It's, I don't think it needs to go on for another half hour 45 minutes whatever but just going back it's think what you want on all this we're not going to change your mind we're not i don't think if you were actively trying to we would but we should all just probably go into this year thinking about where our priorities are and act accordingly in the situation it's not going to go away anytime soon regardless of what happens to that nope to the legalities of it it's not going to go away and we're not doing anything if we're ignoring it if we're if we're choosing to believe a reality based on sports, we're not doing anything. I'm I'm not here to give life advice, but I just think as sports fans, we all need to do better. Sports as a whole, this irrational thing we all love, needs to do better. You could do a, I could probably just list names and go on for another hour of people we're enabling right now, who have checkered pasts that. We just let go to the wayside because they're good at talking about a game or they were hitting baskets years ago or whatever. Something needs to be done. There needs to be an anema of some sorts. Completely agree. And unfortunately, what is horrible is that I don't see it changing anytime soon or mindsets being swayed anytime soon unless something really big happens. And I don't I don't even want to know what that something big has to be in order for the narrative I mean, to we're shift. the era... W- um, oh. We're in the era where people are ironically following O.J. Simpson, who is more prominently featured in this episode oh God. than I thought he was going to be. But we are in the era where a guy who's, who was famous for football and movies 30, 40 years ago, who most people presume to be murder adjacent, and they're sitting there saying... Murder adjacent? I'm sorry, that was a terrible way to describe it, but most people... <laughs> 
No, that was. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, I'm I'm not yeah, laughing no. at this. Wow. We okay. laugh so we don't cry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, most people presume that he has a past. We'll say, and our reaction isn't to be repulsed. If he wasn't a football player and we learned everything about that, we wouldn't be ironic. I don't know. I just remember the Ted Bundy Netflix documentary. I would hope that we weren't sitting here ogling this guy who we believe to be a terrible person because of some sick, ironic sense of humor. And we're just in that age now where I just don't think people care. No, it's, it's, but they all like when he got on Twitter, like everyone's first reaction was to follow him and see how many jokes that they can make like based off of his tweets. And okay. I haven't followed him, but I'd see like tweets retweeted in my timeline. And of course, my mind is automatically just jumping to what kind of sarcastic comment can I say about this? And then I have to stop myself going, holy shit. Uh, this man is um, probably a homicidal murderer. Um, so I'm just going to take a step back here and yeah. just say what. And we're all guilty of it. Like, I think and, it's, I think I can come across yeah. like I'm like wringing my hands of any involvement i am certainly guilty of all of if i if not this certain amounts there's ignorances that i probably have let go to the back of my mind on other players other coaches other celebrities whatever that i'm being hypocritical about right now with luke walton but he's the one in front of me right now and i don't know what i need done by it we should let due process take place but at a certain point to me, given everything we've talked about, that doesn't matter because it's so indicative of where we are as a society. And even just the fact that his lawyer says the things he did about this case just puts a permanent judgment on them for me. Wow. Did you yeah, have any same here. anything else you wanted to say? Final thoughts? <laughs> um, just that I'm terrified to see what this season is going to bring on just based off of this. Um, I, I, I just need to reiterate that we just need to keep a more open mind, what you said before, open mind about these two things and that how it is, it does go hand in hand with the team and that it's not just a stick to sports line anymore. It's, this is happening to our teams right now. These people that, you know, we put in such like such high standard have have such high standards for, and there's something wrong with us morally if we can push it aside and you know not think about it at all. So I think we need to reflect on yeah, that sports, coming into this season. Sticking to sports, it often has a negative connotation, but sports are beautiful. Look at all the look at all the good athletes have done, coaches, whoever have done because they made money on sports we are talking about demarcus cousins so i don't sticking to sports to me is an inherently not good thing to do because you're either ignoring something that shouldn't be ignored or you're not giving someone credit for things that deserve credit and as fans just i think we need to internalize exactly. that and i'm still guilty i will continue being guilty of going against what i'm saying right now and that's that i don't know if i have much else to say on this um, want to tell them if you ha if your current Twitter doesn't get banned in the next couple days, where to find you? Oh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at at speaking of murder adjacent siren. 
at her and ask her why she got banned from her other one. Um, yes. Oh, okay. Everyone, okay, all right. Everyone was like probably expecting it that I cussed somebody out. No, someone was deliberately using improper grammar when tweeting at me. It was a friend. I may have his said life. something his about life. ending him. This in person a very was John way. at heuristic lineup. <laughs> and someone took it seriously. <laughs> okay. But anybody who knows who John is and like Sacramento media will back Kings media will back me up on this <laughs> said, this is a long time coming. Someone had to say, ah, thanks for giving us someone had to threaten him. Thanks but for giving us life... something light to end on after the last 53 <laughs> They're minutes. They're going to ban me again. Well, anyways, you can find her at pocket oh, underscore siren. Yay. Yeah. Just don't, just don't forget to use the Oxford comma or you'll end up Why? like John. Why does this is going to get very inside baseball for what we do, but why does the AP not allow the Oxford comma? I, I'm still, I'm still like, I don't even want to talk about that. I don't know. I've gone through battles with so many people and I find that a lot of the journalists, a lot of media journalists use the Oxford and um, like the first publication I, I used to write for, they, they said, you know, we go by the AP standards, but we use the Oxford comma. I'm like, oh, thank God. Good. <sighs> That's all I want. I'm sorry. I'm pro. I'm pro Oxford. John is not. I may have threatened him a little bit. May have threatened to murder him a little bit. Just a and little. then things got ugly. Thank you, Twitter. Just a little, <laughs> not a lot. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. we had more. I'm glad we had a lighthearted thing to end this episode. So now I am going to. I'm going to summon the uh, Sacktown Royalty Show Band. Do you know about the Sacktown Sh Royalty Show Band? No, but I'm afraid. Uh, see, this is my litmus test, and I'm 0 for 2 since I started making this joke, in that I just put add band in post-production, and then I ask the guest about it to see if they listen, and so far no one has. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... To add to it, oh, add to it. Uh, nice. I forgot to add it to the beginning of last episode, so I made the joke, and people were listening to it at home without the band playing. Oh my yeah. god! Anyways, wow, thanks for. Good job. I know good this job, is a buddy. difficult subject. Um, I hope you guys listen to it. If you want to talk about it further, I guess talk to us. I assuming anyone who's still listening probably isn't gonna sit there and scream at us. So yeah, if you have any other thoughts on it please share them with us and join me either next week or two weeks from now for a more lighthearted and fun episode thank you <laughs>